have read some great parenting books and some really good parenting blogs, but to be honest, reading is not my forte and I just feel like I don't have time. Now, I know I could make time, but that's not the point here. Where I've learned the most is in conversations with other parents, brainstorming with friends, sharing the hard moments, the wins, and being in young mom groups. And as a mom of a six-year-old, four-year-old, and 16-month-old, I am certainly not claiming perfection, but I have learned some really helpful and super practical parenting tips over the years and wanted to share my top tips with you. Hey there, I'm Lauren Angler, your fellow mom friend and pediatric sleep consultant of Via Graces. This is a place where you'll learn all the sleep tips and tricks so you feel equipped to navigate the ups and downs of your little one's sleep. You'll also get an inside look at our family's life as I share the real joys and tougher moments of parenting. So whether you're nap trapped, driving to daycare pickup, or you're enjoying a solo evening walk, my goal is for this podcast to be another reminder that when it comes to most things in parenting, All it takes is a plan and a whole lot of grace. I'm so glad you're here. I wasn't actually there, but my roommate in college was at a baby shower. And I remember when she came back, she said one of the wise mamas there shared her favorite piece of parenting advice, which was this, try to say yes as often as possible. I was maybe 20 years old, but this really stuck with me. Fast forward to 13 some years later, and I still think about this often. It is so easy to say no. Sometimes we absolutely have to, but other times I think we say no because we don't want to be inconvenienced or we just have a different agenda. They're asking for hot chocolate. Am I saying no because it's really not best for them right now? Maybe they're lactose intolerant or they already had three chocolate bars that day. Or am I saying no because I just don't feel like making it? Or she's asking to take her shoes off at the playground. Am I saying no because there are glass shards or she'll get frostbite? or because it'll take a few extra minutes to put them on when it's time to leave and I just don't wanna deal with it. Or they wanna paint today. Am I saying no because I don't feel like messes or no because we have to leave the house in five minutes? Saying no is not wrong. In fact, sometimes it's necessary. And sometimes it's also okay to just have an off day and not want to do some things. No one's perfect. But when we try to say yes as often as possible, it makes a difference. It also helps your no really mean no. My girls were in a big bluey face several months ago. My husband was too. And after one of the episodes, my oldest, who was five at the time, said something like, mom, Bandit and Bingo aren't very good parents in this episode, which is funny because I feel like most parents adore them and dads joke all the time about wanting to be more like Bandit. So anyway, I leaned in and I was like, tell me more. And she said, they let their kids do whatever they want. So I just asked, what do you think makes a good parent? And she said, you have to say no sometimes. I mean, you have to say yes, but sometimes it's good to say no. Talk about wisdom out of the mouth of babes. I feel like I've seen trends of, you shouldn't say no to your child. You should frame everything positively. And while yes, framing things positively whenever possible is great. Instead of don't stand on the couch, you can reframe it to remember we sit on the couch and that's great but there's absolutely a time and place for no, and that's okay, and it's good, which segues us into the next pieces of practical advice. Shortly after Olivia was born, there were two moms in our church who started a discipleship group for young moms. There were probably eight to 10 of us, most of whom just had our first babies within a few months of it starting, and it was so pivotal in both our parenting and marriage journey. And some of the unplanned, more off-the-cuff advice they gave was super practical and I really think helped us have more confidence entering the mobile baby and toddler years, so that's what I'm sharing next. First, 
no eat, and no touch. These two simple phrases kind of kicked off how we started navigating obedience, if you will, or teaching, training, discipling our kids. And they're also directly connected to safety, so they're important. When our baby started crawling and reaching for the outlets or grabbing cords or heading toward the dog poop at the playground, rather than saying something like, outlets aren't for touching or, "Uh uh-oh, there's this thing called electricity. We're so thankful for it, but sometimes it can be ouch, so we can't touch those silly goose. We say a simple and firm, no touch, and either move her hand away or move her away altogether. Similarly, as she started putting things in her mouth, maybe some mulch or a dried macaroni noodle from lunch the day before, rather than saying, ew, mulch is for the playground, put it down. We say a simple, no eat, and we take it out of her hand or we swipe it out of her mouth and move on. These are very simple phrases that will be repeated often in those mobile baby and young toddler days. And while a nine-month-old won't understand what those words actually mean, the moment they do understand those words, it's normal. They get it. They're not surprised. They've heard them enough and have been redirected enough that they're starting to catch on. So now as your 14-month-old is starting to open the garbage, you can quickly say, no touch, and you'll see that pause. She knows exactly what's up. Doesn't necessarily mean she'll listen, but she knows exactly what you're communicating and that you're going to follow through. And guess what? Sometimes that 14-month-old will hear you say, no eat, and she will actually choose not to put that thing in her mouth. And then as she gets older, we might start adding, blah, no eat, or no touch, hot. I'm telling you, these two little phrases have helped us so much. And with a 16-month-old, we're in the space where she absolutely understands what we're telling her not to do. And she maybe listens 70% of the time. It's something. Then from there, and we're almost here again with our youngest, the next two phrases we really focused on with our kiddos, we wanted them to understand and for them to become second nature were stop and come. This might sound silly, and even just as I say it, it kind of feels like we're training a dog, but think about it. It's so important that our little ones learn to stop as soon as they hear us say stop. If they're about to run into the street to catch a ball, we want them to stop the moment we yell stop. Or if we're playing on the field and they're getting a bit too far, we need to be able to yell, come to mama and know that they'll come. Or if we're helping siblings through a conflict and tell them to both come here, we need to know they'll both come here. No, we're not doing the, on the count of three, I need to see you come. They need to come now, right when I say come. So for our little ones who have no idea what stop and come mean, we're teaching them and it can be fun. Think of it like red light, green light. I remember having our oldest, Olivia, who was probably somewhere between 18 and 24 months on a little walking trail. And we were in the midst of practicing stop and she had just not stopped when we said stop. So we played a little game right then and there on the trail. Something like, when we say go, we're gonna run, run, run. And when we say stop, we stop. So we'd say go and we'd run together. And then we'd say stop and we'd help her stop. We didn't give her the option to keep going. We helped her stop. And then we'd clap, we'd celebrate, yeah, you did it. Then again, go, and then stop. And we'd make a really big deal that she stopped and we helped her stop. It's not, you must stop, do it like this or else. It's fun, it's a game, but also we mean it. And we're going to physically help you stop as you learn what it means. And then we give you lots of practice during the day. And as you do it, again, we celebrate big. Same with come. 
When we say, come to mama, we are ready to physically help her come to me. So she starts learning that when mom or dad say come, she comes to us. And again, make it fun and give her lots of opportunities to practice, which also makes lots of opportunities to celebrate. I still see this paying off with our older girls who are currently four and six. When we say, come over here, they just know to come right away. And if there's any pause or any grumpiness there with a, when mama says, come, you come right away, they're on their way. They've been practicing for years. And now that they're older, if they're trying to finish something before they come, we've taught them to ask, is it okay if I finish putting these last few Legos on my tower? They're acknowledging they know what we're asking and they're asking if they can come in another minute or two, like an adult would do. And most of the time that's fine. Similar to when we say, please come fold the towels instead of why we've taught them to instead say, can I ask why? And they do most of the time. And with stop, they're pretty darn good at stopping when dad or I say stop. And now they're learning when your sister says stop, you stop right away. And we celebrate when they listen to each other. It's not all of a sudden learned for the first time at age six. It's been built on since they can remember. This might all sound elementary, but I'm telling you, my mind was blown when these moms were talking about this so nonchalantly. I don't think I would have thought to teach them stop. I would have just been frustrated they weren't stopping. And then this last piece of advice was specifically helpful as a Christian mom. They recommended using words from the Bible as often as possible to help make connections to what they're saying and hearing and learning. So rather than talk about being nice to each other, we talk about being kind to one another as kindness is spoken about in scripture. Or instead of talking about whining, we talk about complaining as the Bible says, do all things without complaining or arguing. Rather than making smart choices, we talk about wise choices. Parenting is an amazing and beautiful and gift of a journey. And it's really hard. And there are so many unknowns and each season seems to be new. And we're constantly pivoting and changing and falling and getting back up. And I don't share all of this to say, I'm the best parent ever. You should do what I do. I share this because for me, it's always so helpful to hear from parents who have gone before us, those that we look up to and hear what's worked for them and what hasn't. I learned so much in this young moms group, and I'm still in touch with most of the other ladies from that time. And we joke, except it's not really a joke, that we need part two now that our kids are older because the attitude that starts coming out makes no eat and no touch seem like a breeze. So maybe in 10 years, I'll have another episode all about practical tips for dealing with attitude. And by then I'll be learning how to navigate teenagers and technology and driving and who knows what else. But for now, we'll stick to the little ones. If you've listened to other episodes, you know that I try to end each episode with the plan and the grace. So the plan here is have some sort of plan when it comes to how you're going to parent what language you're going to use, what language you're not going to use, what to do when, and make sure you and your partner are on board. And hopefully these four pieces of advice help your plan. Number one, say yes as often as possible. Number two, teach your kiddos no eat and no touch. Number three, teach your little one to stop and to come. And finally, for Christian families, try to use specific words from scripture when you're parenting your kiddos. And the grace? Oh, well, before, during, and after all of it. There is no such thing as perfect parenting. You can't do it all. You will mess up. You will say the wrong thing, and that's okay. Nobody is perfect. But we can learn from those mistakes and recognize that tomorrow is a new day. 
And you know what's super powerful? Apologizing to your kids. Tell them the way you responded wasn't patient and you're sorry. That you responded in anger rather than taking a moment to pause and collect your thoughts. Show them you're not perfect so they know they're not perfect and they learn to apologize as well. If you're listening to this episode and have a friend who could use this advice, please share it with them. This podcast is here for parents just like you and me, trying to enjoy the beautiful journey that is parenthood with some sort of plan and lots of grace. Thanks for listening.